0: The darkness, the speaking, it was done. Welcome to Sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Turning to the disciples... Jesus said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho he went to him and bound up his wounds pouring on oil and wine then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him and the next day he took out 2 denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying take care of him and whatever more you spend i will repay you when i come back which of these 3 do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers he said the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What do you need to do to get to heaven? Yes, what do you need to do? Yes, you. What do you need to do to get to heaven? When asked this question, the average person may respond that they need to do religious and good things to get to heaven, like praying and volunteering time and trying to be an overall positive person, definitely doing more good than bad. And so by praying and volunteering time and being a positive person, They actually qualify themselves for those pearly gates. Well, this definitely sounds like a reasonable response. What typically is not clarified in people's answer is this To what degree, yes, to what degree should a person pray and volunteer and strive to be a positive person? In other words, what typically is not specified is this. How much, yes, how much should a person pray? How much should a person volunteer? And how often should they be positive? Yes, you see, we humans have it figured out that for a person to obtain eternal life, the person has to be good. And if a person is bad, they do not get to heaven but are disqualified to hell. But here's the catch. Yes, there is a catch. There's always a catch we typically are hesitant to define just how much good and for how long the good needs to be done in order to qualify oneself for eternal life that is right my friends we are a little gun shy yes we're a little gun shy to define just how much and how long this goodness must be done in order to obtain eternal life but rather Yes, rather, we typically like to keep this part vague and obscure, or we grade on a curve because we like to grade ourselves on a curve as well. And so, as long as we can come up with enough good things in our lives, and the lives of our friends and our neighbors and our families, those people around us, we can then conclude that eternal life is within our grasp, that we've qualified for eternal life. Now, a problem arises with this, though. The problem is this. When we read our Gospel reading from the Gospel of Luke, as well as our Epistle reading from Galatians, that is to say, we hear especially from our Gospel reading in the Gospel of Luke, that a person, to inherit eternal life, that they must love the Lord God with all of their heart and with all of their soul and with all of their strength and all of their mind, and to love their neighbor as themselves. Indeed, eternal life is possible when you set God above everything else and let go of all of your thoughts, all of your words, all of your works and knowledge and insights. Yes, if you commit to God's will in all that you have, in body and soul and flesh and spirit, in all that you are, with all of your strength and all of your health and all of your senses, everything that you have, well, eternal life is yours if you give it your all now keep in mind that this is easier said than done this is not a partial calling to love God and it's not a partial calling to love your neighbor with a half-hearted attitude obtaining eternal life is something that one does with everything everything that a person has must be committed must be given over So what this looks like is this. To obtain eternal life, love, yes love, should be spread throughout your whole body and your whole being into every part of you, from your head to your toe, inside and outside. All that you do should be captivated by love. No hate, no resentment, no grumbling, no apathy, and no frowning are allowed. If you are to inherit eternal life by what you do, You are to love and have delight in God completely, never annoyed to go to church and never annoyed to read your Bible and never being too rushed to read your catechism. And with your neighbor, if you are seeking to earn and accomplish eternal life, well, with your neighbor, you should not see anything indecent in your neighbor. You should always put the best construction on your neighbor, never giving in to gossip. Your mouths, yes, your very mouths and your tongues and your lips and your mouths should speak nothing evil. And your hands and your feet need to be innocent too. Only go in the way of goodness. In short, all of your thoughts, all of your actions, all of your deeds must be 100% clean. All of it must be pure and uplifting. Even your ears, my friends, even your ears must filter out the negative and only hear the best construction about your neighbor. And get this you should desire to die a thousand times over than anger God with just one sin. So, how are you doing? Have you done enough? Have you loved enough? Have you given enough? Has love permeated your whole being from your head to your toe? Has love embodied everything that you've done in thought, word, and deed? You see, if you think that you have done enough to inherit eternal life, you're actually living a lie. If you think that you've done enough, that you have somehow racked up enough brownie points before God, then you are severely deceived, my friends. You see, when we look at the Ten Commandments, we not only see what we should do, which is good and true and wonderful, but we quickly learn of our weakness. We learn that we do not do what we ought to do before God and before our neighbor. We learn what love looks like, and we learn that we fail to love God, and that we certainly fail to love our neighbor properly. And so, my friends, we're very much like that same priest and that Levite, who we read about in today's parable from the Gospel of Luke. That priest and Levite, they saw that poor half-dead fellow on the side of the road and did nothing for him because they neither had love or compassion for him, and they certainly did not have love for God himself. Tragically, they understood the man on the edge of the road was in trouble, that he was dead, almost dead, that he was beaten to a pulp, that he was needing help. But they walked by without love. Truth be told, though, we're probably much closer to that poor man on the side of the road than the priest and the Levite. You see, when God's Ten Commandments do their work on us, they reveal to us—they reveal to us that we do not love the way that we ought to. Much like that priest and that Levite. However, the law does something more. It shows us just how dark and depraved our sinful nature runs through each and every one of us. The law, it helps us see that we've been beaten up by our sin and left half dead in the ditch of life. Indeed, the law, God's precious and good law, shows us that we are not where we ought to be. The law, it shows us our sins, and reveals to us our sickness and makes us aware of our own misery. And so the law helps us understand that we cannot do anything, I repeat, anything to inherit eternal life. In fact, the law helps us realize that the only thing that we have earned, my friends, is damnation. Yes, damnation itself. See, dear friends, God's good and true law It really has no power to help us out of the ditch of our sin. God's law cannot restore us or heal us. The law only pinpoints our problem. And that is why we need something more. That is why we need the good Samaritan. That is why we need a good neighbor to come to our rescue. Now consider our parable again, this parable of the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan came and had compassion on that half-dead man, He came to him, he bound him up, he put oil and wine on his wounds. He then set him on an animal, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he paid the innkeeper to look after the wounded man, showing compassion upon him when no one else would. This story, this good Samaritan, is Jesus. This is our gospel Like the Samaritan, Jesus came down to you and your lost and dying condition so that he might pour oil, yes, oil and wine of the sacraments upon you. Indeed, Jesus placed you not on an animal to carry you to an inn, but he set your sins upon himself to give you forgiveness, life, and salvation as he carried each and every one of your sins to Golgotha, the place of the cross, to suffer and die for you. And like the Samaritan who brought the man to an inn Jesus has brought you to the church yes this church and given you his word to be that medicine of forgiveness that is continuously delivered to you restoring you unto salvation each and every single day in each and every single weekend Jesus is that perfect neighbor for you he did not pass you by he did not pass you by on this road of life But being full of love, he scooped you up unto himself. And so we see that the law shows you and me our lack of love. It shows us that we're unable to do anything to inherit eternal life. However, the gospel shows you and me our good Samaritan, Jesus the Christ, who did everything for you so that you might inherit eternal life. Yes, daily the law of God reminds you of your inability to properly love and your failure to acquire eternal life by your own reason and strength. But the gospel, the gospel itself, yes, the gospel continually declares to you that you have a good Samaritan that loved you and out of joy gives you the kingdom. That is your hope this day. Dear blessed saints, you are not left for dead, in the ditch of your sins, but rather you have a good Samaritan. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, the only one who has fulfilled the law and does not pass by sinners. But rather, he is the one who binds your wounds and grants you life by loving you from the manger to the cross, and from the cross to the empty tomb, and from the empty tomb to eternal life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org. Or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionwinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.